going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Underdog and the Underdog Fantasy Family. We got Doc, we got a little cheesecake, we got Marty Party in the house tonight. And the NFL draft is about to start in the next hour. So I'm Ooh. going to... Lizard's <laughs> in there like, David, don't you do it. Don't you do it. <laughs> this is triple play fantasy. So you know that we got it. Our NFL coverage is definitely going to be on tonight. But we are here to bring you a ton of great baseball stuff ahead of the baseball week coming ahead. Obviously, we're talking about some streamers. We're going to be talking about Bring Out Your Dead. We're going to be talking about our WOW players. Uh, are you guys ready to rock and get this party started tonight? Aye, aye, Captain. Ow, ow. All right. David, David talk at two speed so we can get to the NFL draft. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was in a podcast on two times speed. So our triple play fantasy week five preview as we go ahead here and start off with our WOW. W players of the week. And before I do that, I got to acknowledge our buddy, uncle Ted, who is in the chat. Always appreciate you being a part of the show, my man. And we got our, our buddy, uh, Landon in here too. Thanks for hanging out with us a night for baseball, not just football here. Uh, but let's kick it off with the first guy here who is back for the second straight week in this section. Cause you guys dismissed him last week. You guys said Brent Rooker is a flash in the pan. Just the hot wave is over. You need to just don't worry about him now. Well, my man is still feeling it out there. Over his last seven games, a 294 average and a 520 OBP. Those two home runs, that's now three because he hit one today off of Shohei Otani, a three-run home run. So now he has three home runs and seven RBIs to go along with the five runs. And he had more walks than strikeouts. Um, so all seven of those home runs have come in his last 14 games a 17.9% K and walk rate so far this season with an elite barrel and slugging percentage right now. I forgot who wanted to talk about Brent Rooker tonight, uh, oh. but uh, but you said, Art, you're talking about him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let, let, let's. I want to put the camera on you because just like everybody else on this panel, you guys dismissed him. And we need to, we need to apologize, but I think he's for real. I think he needs to be picked up in 12-team leagues. 12 team leagues. I think, well, he's definitely hot enough. I picked him up in a 15 team league. I think I picked him up in my uh, TGFBI league a week ago, and he's been in my lineup ever since. He's hitting third for the A's most days. So I think that that is a, a nice spot for him. And that power just keeps coming. You know, he, I kind of compare him to, you know, Patrick Wisdom, who we had on last week, guys who can get you power in bunches. And, uh, you know, it looks like we need more home runs this year to keep up because of that. This guy, he's got that real power. If he, I mean, the cold streaks, though, you know, he might be one of those uh, uh, streaming hitters that you keep on your roster. So you can p- put him in when he has good matchups or take him out if he gets cold. Yeah, I agree. Um, and again, if you're in some type of roto league, he's giving you a ton of home runs. So I think that's something that is going to stay this season. I think 30 home run pop is an easy outcome for him, especially if what he's done in the minor leagues. He's always shown he can hit for power. Um, so I do think Brett Rooker, uh, again, being a Twins fan, I, I did see him a lot in the minor leagues, and he is somebody that I think does have talent. So make sure you pick up Brent Rooker if he's out there as a free agent in your league. Let's talk about Harold Ramirez who over his last seven games, he's got a nearly 400 batting average, two home runs to go wrong with four RBIs. Not really that many steals, but his 1094 OPS on the season is ninth in all of baseball. And he, along with Wander Franco 
him along with the Andy Diaz. All these Rays have changed their launch angles dramatically this year. He is a triple the amount of launch angle uh, degree that he had last year and doubled them out that he had two years ago. And that's, again, a bunch of hit, a race hitters that continuously hit ground balls. That's not the case this year. And I think this is another chance, another case, just like Yandy and just like, obviously, Wander Franco. These, this is legit. This is something that the Rays worked on this offseason to make sure that the Rays were getting the ball put in the air more. And it's showing. And there's a lot more home run power to be had here. What do you guys think? Yeah, so... Remember, I was really big on Harold Ramirez before the season started. I loved the multi-position eligibility at first base outfield. And I thought that this was finally going to be the time that he had a chance to showcase his capabilities. Last year, he had 120 games with Tampa. But the year before that, 99 with Cleveland, and then three the year before that in the shortened season. So this is really kind of our first showcase of a full-time gig. His walk percentage is the highest it's been of his career at 8.3%. The K percentage a little bit higher at 18.1, but still 17% for his career. His expected batting average is in the 93rd percentile. Like you said, this isn't just Harold Ramirez. This is a shift that the Rays have gone. And even though he doesn't have stolen bases, the sprint speed's in the 75th percentile. I mean, he's somebody that's locked in for an everyday role. And if you drafted him, especially in the later rounds, you're reaping the benefits. Yeah, Harold Ramirez, love what he's doing right now. Along with some that could have been on this list that uh, Uncle Ted brought up, uh, Captain New Jack Sawinski, who uh, emphasized on the Winski right there. Yeah, he, he's been looking great in that Pittsburgh lineup that's been like just absolutely been killing it. Connor Joe also is part of that as well. Um, the uh, <laughs> over under, uh, good question here from Forrest, over under 16 dongs rest of season. For Sawinski? No, for Harold Ramirez. I'll go over. Over. I'll take the over as well. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'll say over as well. Forrest, let us know in the chat what you're taking too. Cause uh, yeah, I think we're all on the over here. I think what he's doing is absolutely legit as well as Jonah Heim, who is right now getting the full playing time at catcher for the Texas Rangers. But Miss Garver, who's now, who's been out is also expected to miss another month. So just in the meantime, over his last seven games, two home runs, a 286 batting average, nine RBIs, four walks to one strikeout. He's got a career high in EV and barrel rate right now. Uh, he's been a big part of this Rangers lineup, especially with Corey Seager out. They need some people that can produce RBIs, and he's been doing the job here. Uh, he's somebody that, you know, in two catcher leagues was, I think, a later catcher two target. But if you needed a catcher and he was on the waiver wire, he is giving you catcher one production right now, Marty. Yeah, I have him in a couple leagues. Um, Glarf is one of them. So in the 15-team league, he was my um, he was my first catcher in there. And, I mean, he's been absolutely incredible all year. He's got those 62 at-bats, um, his barrel percentage, 80, 80th percentile, ex-Woba in the 96th percentile. He's rarely striking out. He's walking at he's well, uh, walking 12% of the time. He's playing every day in that lineup, batting fifth or sixth for the Rangers. From here on out, he's, um, he's a top-five catcher right now, honestly. Yeah, he is. Um, I think the big thing with him is there was they've talked about that last year when he reached past his career high in terms of the amount of games he played that he hit a wall and he really tailed off towards the middle of last season because he was hot kind of at certain points last year as well. Um, so that's going to be the big thing for him is keeping up this production and not just ha- cratering 
uh, to where he's literally not rosterable. But again, the four walks to one strikeout at least show you that he's not, the K rate isn't outrageous and he's seeing the ball really well. So that's something very intriguing from the catcher position. And catcher's been worse than we even thought. It's been brutal across yeah. the board due to injuries and underperforming. So the fact that he's even, he's like the, he's the third best hitting catcher right now. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Let's talk about some pitching. Marty, I've trashed Eduardo Rodriguez on this show many times. Right I've trashed a lot of Detroit Tigers on this show many times. Right and so yet again. It, it's to the point now where I don't know what to do with Erod. Over his last three starts, he's got 21 innings pitch, 12 hits, two earned runs, one walk, and 19 Ks. A 2-3-2 ERA on the season, and he's gone at least six innings over his last three starts, highlighted by a 10-strikeout performance against Baltimore. Now, I, Marty, I was originally thinking you were going to take him as the player to talk about. I believe Art is taking this one. No, um, no, there tries the charm, David. That's okay. I just I should start paying attention more when people claim players in our pre-show meetings. Uh, but Doc, I, I, I'm sure Marty's glowing because there's an actual pitcher doing something good for Detroit right now. <laughs> but why don't you tell us a little bit? If should we buy Erod? Because I picked him up in a couple leagues, and I really do think. You know, last year there was so much stuff going on. Uh, he was very talented with Boston. So maybe he was able to finally focus on baseball this year and we're always reaping the benefits here. Well, David, you never called him talented before, so let's retract a little bit. Um, I'm going to dive into it more because he is one of my streamers for this week. But a couple of things. You mentioned the kind of mental aspect that he had last year, obviously some personal things going on in his life. One of the things I've noticed is that his walk percentage is a career low. And when you've thought of Eduardo Rodriguez previously, he's an innings eater, a guy that can go 150. But when you fit, when you factor in how many guys he was walking, limited his effectiveness. But, mm-hmm. and I'll give you a little preview from my slide right here. He's throwing his cutter more. And there's a .87 batting average against, and it was 240 batting average against last year. Mm-hmm. So I think he's kind of figured that out. And no, he's not going to be this good moving forward, but definitely a guy that in, 12, even 10 team leagues, I would roster a sell high candidate per se. If someone's, I wouldn't even say a sell high candidate because with how many pitchers have gotten hurt, Mm -hmm. I think he's pretty durable. Would you guys rather have uh, Eduardo Rodriguez or as uncle Ted brings up Joey Lucchese, who looked really good in his first start. Erod. 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 No question. For for me, it's the commands back last year. It wasn't there at all. Now he's got a 4.3 walk percentage, which is a career best. So if he's able to get as many ground outs as possible and he's nipping the corners, he's not going across the plate because the stuff isn't good enough to hang. So if he's mm-hmm. able to kind of just, you know, tiptoe around batters, which is what he's doing, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting, too, as we're talking about sell highs uh, and, you know, Forrest brings up something in the chat like Jared Kelnick is another example of somebody mm-hmm. that's having an, a monster year to begin the year. And we've all been kind of waiting for it to come crashing to earth. But if you look at the StatCast data, it looks like this is legit right now. Uh, and people, he's saying like, yeah, people want Juan Soto for Celtic uh, because they're expecting an amazing return for him or, or else you're holding. And that's, I think that's one of the hardest things in fantasy is to get adequate value if you're looking to sell high mm-hmm. because most people are like, it's just a hot streak. Uh you know, I don't want them. I think they're going to come to earth. Or if they do look like they're legit, they're not giving you what they're worth. Is that one of the harder things you guys think to do in fantasy is find a, a trade partner that actually gives you the value that that player is worth? For sure. Like, no, I, yeah, go ahead. You're a better trader than me, Eric. You could start on that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know 
if there's a better better in terms of being trading, but I feel like when you put a player out there on the block or you put them on the trade, you offer them in a trade, you're showing that you're looking to get off their team. You, a lot of people aren't looking to trade superstars unless it's kind mm. of a desperation and you know you you can unload one guy for two or three that can help plug some holes on your team. If you're trying to sell high, I think people look into that and say, why is why are they selling this player? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is based on reputation. If you haven't heard of someone before and then you're saying, okay, well, this is just a small stretch. I haven't seen this before. They're going to be more hesitant to pull the trigger. Especially if you've done it a few times, you know, you're in your home leagues for 10 straight years. Maybe you pulled off a, a couple of those trades. Yeah. Here's the trade guys. I tried to I tried to get rid of Kelnick in my home league. Kelnick and Will Smith, the relief pitcher mm-hmm. for Joe Musgrove. It was instantly declined. That's <laughs> yeah, an awful trade. <laughs> he, he started start a conversation though. Yeah, like you gotta I mean, start the Kelnick, discussion. Will Smith. All right, let me let me what, just put it in my Will Smith, hand. The, Will Smith the throw it at you no, and now no, no, starting no, no. the conversation. Will Smith the pitcher for the Rangers. <laughs> the, the, the relief pitcher, yes. Oh, Marty, that, that's cool bad. <laughs> I get where you're going. You're starting to that's trying to start the conversation. What about Harold Ramirez and Kelnick for Soto? I think no. that's uh, obviously no. still Soto. But I will say I am a little concerned about Soto. I was listening to Rates and Barrels, and they were saying that right now Soto is not swinging at balls low in the strike zone. And they're yeah. that he's having trouble trouble picking up the low strikes, and he's basically just choosing not to swing at them. And if enough pitchers are basically catching on to that, and they keep challenging him low, is this going to be something that continues to carry over this season? Mm-hmm. It's a genuine concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the this trade, Harold Ramirez and Kelnick for Soto, yeah, no one's going to take that trade if you have Soto. You, you invested too much. But Kelnick is Kelnick looks like he's for real. So his value, yeah. When you say what's the value of someone like this, the hardest part is like, does the person you're trying to trade with understand why you think you're sending value? Like, like, do you have to explain to them why this is a good trade? And if you do, it's not a good trade because because just at that point, they're not going to buy it. You know, yeah. you can't send a, a trade explanation with your trade. So like if you're selling high on Kelnick, you know, you obviously cannot shoot for the moon. You could shoot up, um, you know, 80 picks in the draft, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. not a hundred, not 150. Like Kelnick was about pick 175. You could probably try and get someone like um, uh, Brian Reynolds. Maybe you can try and get Brian Reynolds yeah. or someone like that. Uh, if you want to go outfielder for outfielder, if you want to go for a pitcher, that's why I think pitching, it's it's so difficult. Musgrove is a little bit high, but if you drop back to like a picture that was going around pick like 110, I think we might be, we might be closer to it. Um but I'm not sure. The, the, Kelnick is Kelnick is hard because, you know, despite the fact that he's looked so good, he he was so bad for 550 plate appearances before. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, <laughs> the Kevin's hanging out in the chat. What's up, Kev? Thanks for uh, hanging on and hanging out for the vibes. There's a lot okay. of good discussion in our chat, though. I, I wish I could get to all the comments in here. Uh, talking about like buying low on um on Alc Manoa, which I think we did talk about before Alec Manoa in terms of what we can expect rest of season from him. Yeah, he uh, and Forrest, Forrest does like, uh, he said he would prefer actually the Kelnick and Ramirez side for Soto. So he's really thinks that 
what's going on with Soto is definitely something that's going to be scary long term. And I can understand that. I like you said, Art. Though I don't think I could abandon my first round pick that quickly. Um, so it's, it's very interesting. And uh, Albert checks in. I always like when Albert's in the chat. It's always fun having him here too. What are you guys doing with Jordan Walker? Doc in our redraft league dropped him today, a 12 team redraft league because he's holding Taj Bradley on his bench. So he couldn't hold two guys in triple A. 15, you got to hold him. I think 12, if you're one and two right now, you probably have to drop him. If you're two and one and three and oh, I think you can. But that's also somebody that you could uh, buy low on. Mm -hmm. Now, I I saw Ted, Uncle Ted put this and it's making another quick discussion here. Did, did the Nationals win the Juan Soto trade? No. Or is it too early to tell? Well. He's talking about him being screwed out of so much money because he's playing so bad. Did the Nationals dodge a bullet here getting the haul they did? No. He's not adjusted yet to to the to this. I mean, last season, too, he struggled with the Padres, too. That Yeah, but prior to that, he was... He came up and he was a natural all-star, like first first day stepping on the major league field. Mm-hmm. So I think he just transcends it, and they're, they're finding a new way to pitch him, and he hasn't adjusted yet. And with, with how good he is as a hitter, he's going to adjust. That's my and we're, we're talking about bad by Soto standards. We're not talking about him being actually bad as a baseball player. Yeah, but you're, it's your first-round pick and a top-12 mm-hmm. dynasty asset. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, you know, the closest thing I can compare it to is you guys remember when Jose Ramirez went on like a year long slump yeah. where it was yeah. like the second half of one season and it was the first half of the next season. And he just kept pulling everything or he was trying to hit to like the opposite field and he couldn't do it. So he just basically said, screw it. I'm just going to pull everything. And he was able to like get back to himself. Like, I I, th- I feel like that's like the closest comparison where Juan Soto, like the second half of last year, once he got traded. And the beginning of this season, he's just not looked like the same player. I do agree with you, R. I think that that is in his future that he he's too good of a hitter where he's going to be this bad for his standards. It's just what does he turn back into? Is it the perennial superstar that like Forrest says got on base like forty percent of the time, or is it going to be a notch below that? That's going to be something we'll have to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, especially obviously with all the changes right now with, you know, the limits and shifts and everything well, else. So and the last, real quick on it, what Soto said, it, it, the, um, the pitch clock has really thrown him off. Mm. He's all about head games going into the, um, you know, going into the, um, the batter's box, delaying, pausing all those different types of things, which I, it's nothing tangible that we can like really understand how much that really helps him. But right. He, he's used it as an excuse. Yeah. And uh, real quick, he says James Wood, and Gore and Abrams for Soto, I think, won that trade. James Wood. James Wood is a beast. Gore has been way better this year than I think any of us thought he was going to be. Uh, and I, I still Career do really like so far, though. So I still like. Um, uh, he didn't. He didn't put, even put him in the list of the prospects. Um, I don't know why his name's Robert escaping. Hassel? Me. Yeah, really? thank you. Robert Hassel. Yeah, I still like Robert Hassel a lot too. The Hasselhoff. Yes. <laughs> Did, didn't. No, no, Ruiz was from the Dodgers. Sorry, I was thinking, trying to. They made a lot of trades around then. (laughs) Garland, Susana. That's the other. Uh, But we'll keep going here. I know uh, that that was a good discussion, though. Real quick, Art, let's talk about Tanner Bibby, who I, uh, whenever I, or I think it's uh, Bybee, sorry, Tanner Bybee, who, when I hear his name, I think of Junior Spivey, if you guys remember that name. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Last start, his first career start, 
5.1 innings, six hits, eight strikeouts to no walks, 13 called strikes and seven swinging strikes with his slider. Uh, they said that his slider has very unique movement that hitters had really a hard time picking up. There's a, a pitching ninja gif of, uh, or I'm sorry, that was, that was about Zach Gallen. Um, but he did have a very unique look on his slider that hitters were having trouble picking up. And Terry Farcona has hinted that he could have a spot the rest of the season in this rotation. Obviously, you have Plesak, who should not be in the rotation at all, and, and Battenfield, who's kind of a plug-and-play guy. Uh, Bybee looks like he could be the real deal. Yeah, I agree with you. And and Pitching Ninja did talk about him today. Uh, you know, did an overlay of of his fastball, which goes in mid to upper 90s, and his fastball and how it overlays with that slider and how it overlays with that with his changeup. So the changeup, of course, right-handed pitcher throws a changeup as a secondary pitch to lefties, and that's going to help him the way and the way it falls off is to the opposite direction of the way the slider falls off. It's it's a really nice overlay that he does on it, uh, that pitching ninja does on it, and it just shows you the quality of his pitches. Um, his you know. The the changeup is effective. The slider is effective. The fastball is good. My concern, and this is my concern with Cleveland all over, is they're just not hitting right now. So, I think he's good. I think he's worth he's worth a pretty good sized waiver bid this weekend in your fab. Uh, but I do wonder because they're they're just not hitting. They're one of the worst offenses in baseball right now. I'm not sure how many wins uh, the offense is going to help them get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was um, Uncle Ted said Bieber 2.0. They definitely have compared him to to Bieber, just his control and the strikeout stuff that he has. So I, I could definitely see it. And then he ruins my night when he says Dylan Cease is getting bombed by the Rays. I've not seen the score of that game. But that is not good to know because every time Dylan Cease gets bombed, I lose a little piece of my heart, even if I don't have him on as many teams this year. Yeah, getting bombed is is he is he's given up three earned in the first inning. Okay, he can settle down. Yeah. Drew Smiley, our last player to talk about, really quick here on the rundown. Last two starts, twelve point two innings, fourteen strikeouts, only two earned runs. He had a perfect game going into the eighth against the Dodgers. Had eighteen swinging strikes in that start, but there is the little bit of the red flag. He failed to complete six innings in four of his five starts this season, Marty. Uh, Drew Smiley, we're smiling right now when he's in our lineup, but are we going to continue to feel that way? Ah, uh, yes, Mr. Smiles. Um, this is, I mean, obviously this is his ceiling. He's a four, five, maybe six innings um, at a time guy. Um, K percentage, 24.5. His walk percentage is 5.5. His XERA, 2.34, and everything checks out as far as limiting hard contact. So everything I'm seeing from him, yeah, keep him keep him in your lineups. He, he looks pretty good, but it's Drew Smiley. Like, he's you know, calm down, guys. <laughs> well, he almost had a perfect game. He did. That was, I watched would, that game. It was uh, quite unfortunate how that ended. But yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you watch your mouth, Martin. It would have been like a Philip Humber perfect game. In terms of just oh. someone very irrelevant getting one. I would say, I always go back to Armando Galarraga. That one too. I, I feel like it's even better that he didn't because more people will remember that he didn't than would have remembered if he did get one. Marty Our most added players, courtesy of TBS on Thursday morning. Drew Smiley leads the pack, 47% al- added. Logan Allen, who is also a rookie that was just called up uh, by the Cleveland Guardians, added in 45% of leagues. A couple other players, Jonah Heim, Harold Ramirez we talked about. Jose Alvarado, who's running away with the closer job in Philly. Joey Lucchese, Tanner Bybee, and Connor Joe. And conversely, the most dropped a lot of times because of injuries. 
right now, Logan Ohabi, who's going to be out for the rest of the season, it looks like. And some of my teams are bitter because he was my favorite catching target this year. Uh, he's going to be out the rest of the year with shoulder surgery. Dropped in 36% of leagues. Dre Jameson was sent down. Garrett Mitchell is going to be out for the rest of the season. Robbie Ray is going to be out for the rest of the season. Jeffrey Springs, we talked about last week. Jake McCarthy was optioned. Kyle Freeland was being Kyle, Kyle Freeland. And Michael Fulmer, the uh, supposed to be Cubs closer, not anymore. He has been dropped in a lot of leagues. So those are your most added and most dropped. Uh, Art, let's go ahead and kick it to you because there were a lot of bring out your dead people hurting this week. Got to unmute myself because uh, I better take a big drink of water too. This is a uh, this is a week with a lot of pain, and uh, you know when 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 I come by, it's not a happy time for you to be bringing a body out to the death card on bring out your dead. You know your your member, your family has passed away from a fatal illness. Um, maybe they, maybe they got other people sick, so it's hurting your entire squad now too. You know, they're, they're contagious or it feels like that. Let me get a drink because, uh, I want to be there for you guys. And I want to make sure that I can talk well without having a scratchy voice or anything like that. Ooh, I'm surprised it's not a beer or something. I feel like you always oh, have like a, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to stop my weekday drinking. I'm, I got making healthy choices, right? Healthy mm. choices, people, <laughs> uh, for about. Uh, three days now, you know, (laughs) I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Uh, (laughs) Uh, First, I wanted to highlight a few people here. There were a few people who basically put their entire roster on bring out your dead. If you're sitting here, Dan Burnett uh, talking has Lindor, Luis Robert, Manny Machado, uh, Mookie Betts, Josh Bell, Salvi, Bell, someone who's always prone to slow, slow starts or, or cold. You know, these, these people, they're all keepers. They're all people you're not giving up, but that's probably, um, you know, six or seven of the first 10 picks of your draft. And, uh, and you're, uh, that, that's tough. It's tough to compete. You can't give up on them. So yet another Machado here from Joe G Santander, another popular person. This, I, I, I wrote out a list of all the people. Who uh, who were added? Who were brought out to the cart? The most brought out to the cart this week, uh, Machado and Santander are are, are the top two. Um, so the, you know anyone who's holding Machado, you're, it's rough. That was your first round pick, your second round pick. Uh, anyone who's holding Santander, he's not giving you the power either. But um, you know these these guys, it's tough. What are you going to do? You got to be worried, Nick. Our boy Nick from Nick's Picks has got an injured roster. David, I see you giving him some uh, consolation about how good Seeger was doing before he got hurt. But uh, our buddy Nick brought up uh, the fact that his team had Seeger, Springs, and Ohapi all injured. Wow, that's a tough one. And Jordan Walker sent down. Jordan Walker, someone also brought up a lot. And Kevin Lajue, you know, I'm going to say this. And I don't even know uh, if anyone else. There's a, there's a, a TikTok account called Dumb Dads, and the guy's name is Kevin Lajoy. If you are the Dumb Dad TikTok <laughs> account, <laughs> holler, buddy. I love your stuff. If that's not you, um, then forget I said this. But if that's you, you know, 
I love that you play fantasy baseball. I love your TikTok account, okay? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you bring up Tristan Costas, another one who's 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 having a, uh, a tough start to his season. Uh, uh, Chris Sale, I'm feeling that with you. Uh, Josh Naylor, a lot of people feeling that. And Colton Wong also. Doc, you bring up Jordan Walker. I have no idea. No idea. It's It has to be a service time thing. The guy's hitting like 275 right now. I don't know what's going on there. They do have a lot of mouths to feed, but why bring him up to start the season? Mm -hmm. And then he's doing fine. And then you send him down. It just doesn't make sense. A lot of people feeling that doc. I think you're right. You got to hold on to him. Uh, Aaron Nola brought up by pretty bird, pretty bird, nine, two, four, Nola killing, killing. What is going on with Aaron Nola? Um, just cannot seem to stay away from the beginning. Now, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Art. Go for it. Did I not say that every other season Aaron Nola is bad? If you look at his track record, on you, the odd number of years he's bad and the even number of years he's good, he's legit. Like it, it's insane. That's it's funny, but it's like legit insane. You said it, and and I didn't believe you. So uh, I'm I'm hurting because of it. Uh, it's a uh, tough one. Tough one. Nola's tough. Uh, still, still early though. Still early. We'll see if he can come back. You know, the, the, the different, the, the, the environment's different this year. And, uh, and so he'll have to adjust Jesse Winker brought up or Jesse stinker, Mr. 301. I can't, I don't know what 301 stands for, but, uh, but now I'm, I'm going to have to Google what 301 is Maryland's area code, like Baltimore area 301. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Very oh. good, Tallman. That's what happens when you make phone calls for 15 years as your job every day, all day. I know almost every area code in the United States, and I'm oh, I'm dead serious. Oh, man. Yeah, so he must be a local, Jesse Stinker. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's the type of person who's like, you know, everyone called him a, a jerk and a bad teammate. Maybe that's one reason why you, you never know when he's going to, you know, be in a bad mood and not perform for you. Uh, Berserker also brings up Santander again and Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa not helping those shortstop injuries, uh, um, having underperformers like that. Machado brought up again by Tagum and Bagum, uh, uh, who's in our uh, who's in our triple players ball. Tagum and Bagum, uh, forty five. Donnie, I get it. Brought up Miranda David, of course, had to say, hey. He just hit a home run. He had two today. Yeah. Miranda's disappointing a lot of people. I mean, hopefully he can bring it around though. It's still, still early in the season. Still early. Uh, but uh, David, I know you got, he's your, he's your boy. He's your boy. Yes. You got to stick. You can't give up on him now. Uh, Marty, Robbie Ray and Woodruff on the same team. Oh, tough one. Somehow I still have the best ERA in Glarp with that <laughs> happening. So, <laughs> Shout out Mitch Keller, baby. Mitch Keller. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ditch Mitch. Yeah. Don't ditch Mitch. He's saving your squad right now. Andy Rich, of course, another person bringing up Machado. What a tough week. What a tough week in San Diego. Of course, not feeling good. We got Soto brought up twice here uh, by real J Eddie, another person in triple players ball. What what you doing? James, he's in our league. John Giancanti Giancotti also brought up this great picture of uh, Juan Soto. A lot of a lot of hurt on Juan Soto. Lance Lynn, Marty, I remember you tweeted last week. I, I missed good Lance Lynn. I really yeah. do. We all <laughs> do. We all do. Yep. And Louis Luis Robert again brought up uh Enrique brings him up. 
that you know 16 people bringing up about 40 people and bring out your dead about 30 names and about bring out your dead this week tough week the real question though and this is not showing up very well on here machado or soto uh i'm gonna i'm gonna hide this soto's hitting uh, 178. Machado's hitting 214. Machado only with one home run. Soto, um, had it. You know, this is why I screenshot it and try to put it on the thing because I don't have to memorize it. But you know, Soto's not bringing the power. You know, he he brings the power from the high pitches, like David was talking about. Mm-hmm. These low pitches, his swing is so flat he cannot drive them out of the park. So that's the adjustment he's going to have to make according to rates and barrels. But um, you know. Which one of these guys do, do either of these guys? Which one are you more worried about, Machado or Soto? Why don't we go around each of you? Who's more? Who are you more worried, worried about, David? Machado or Soto? Machado. Yeah, Eric. I think I, so. Doc, what do you think, bud? Yeah, a little bit Machado, um, and just the fact that he already got paid too. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's somebody that has shown historically that he's willing to not hustle, as opposed to Soto, who wants to earn that contract. Marty, you got you got in a sweep this one? No, I'm scared of Juan Soto. We yeah. Machado hit a home run today. Machado had a great year last year. We haven't seen Soto perform in like almost the full baseballs uh, season here. Yeah. yeah, it's a tough one. Those are those were you know of a lot of big names on this week's Bring Out Your Dead. Those two are the biggest, and and they're worried if they were your first round pick. Uh, uh, yeah, you're 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 struggling this season. Hopefully Tatis's presence, he's only he's not even a full week back in the lineup, will help steady that offense and they'll all start to perform and, and, and bump up. But San Diego's only 13 and 14 right now, uh, and the whole squad's hurting. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I think I, if I was going to say which one I'm more worried about, I'm, I'm more worried about Soto as well, actually, because like you said, Marty, uh, Machado's b- done it more recently. But uh, overall, I'm not that. My level of worry about both is, is fairly low. Uh, but, uh, we've loaded them all up. Not a happy time. We're going to drag these, uh, these bodies away for you. I'll see you guys next week. Yeah. After last week with nobody submitting, we had like 15 submissions. It's the, people come and hurt. It's, it comes in waves. So you see uh Forrest's comment shout out. I missed it. what do you say? Uh, Cheesecake's internet is legit right now. Shout out to oh, a brand new yeah, computer. Yeah. LC's you know, brand new computer. He's been at the days when you're in it. So uh, he got he got a new computer since I think since you were last in here with us for So he actually has good internet now. Oh, it's it's wonderful. I I I took uh, Govier's advice and I'm plugged right into the Ethernet. That's that's one of the things you're supposed to do. Govier says, uh, oh, you got to plug right in. You really do. That's what he said. Yeah. Um, okay, let's uh let's hop in next to Marty, who's gonna go over yeah. the two star pitchers for the week with Doc's attention. Yes, please. I missed the one we would have the uh, the sound clips. I, I really did. Enjoy I can't do it with uh, this computer, That's unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, one day we might be able to, but this has been the craziest two star pitching week coming up here, which will be for you uh, guys at home May 1st through May 7th. It's if you have a two-star pitcher, they're probably not a very good pitcher, and you guys are going to see this here. So we're going to start with the no doubters here: Logan Gilbert at Oakland versus Houston, Sandy versus the Braves at the Chicago Cubs. Um, no only, doubts. Only only complaint you didn't say how to Gwen this week. What's up with that? 
You're right, Glenn. I, I'm trying to get these guys to watch, be able to watch the uh, the NFL draft. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> doing okay, right sorry. <laughs> um, I should start. Luis Garcia. Look at him. You know, with a little thumbs up. This is the first time I think I've had him as as a should start, and it was yeah. tough. This is more of just a reflection of how bad these um, or how risky most of the two star pitches are. But Luis Garcia versus the Giants at the Mariners. Drew Smiley at Washington versus Miami. So we're going to see if that uh, that perfect game can can lead to some good results here. Um, and now rolling into some risky business. Again, I'm going to feel like an auctioneer here. A lot of names, starting with Bryce Elder at the Mets versus Baltimore, Blake Snell versus Cincinnati versus the Dodgers, Cody Senga versus the Braves versus Colorado, Mackenzie Gore versus the Cubs at Arizona, Cal Quantrill at Yanks versus Minnesota, Domingo Herman versus Cleveland at Tampa Bay, Kenta Maeda at the White Sox at the Cleveland Guardians, Tanner Houck versus the Blue Jays at Philly. Rowenzi Contreras, my boy. He's been great all year so far. Um, definitely one of my guys, and it's great to see him do well. But at Tampa versus Toronto, Hachi, Machi. Uh, that's risky <laughs> business starting him. Uh, Joey Lucchese at Detroit versus the Rockies. Hayden Wisniewski at Washington versus Miami. Uh, that one might, might be a little booster up to a should start. I, I like what I saw today, and that's those are two mediocre matchups. So I kind of like that there. Uh, Tyler Wells at the Royals at the Braves. You say Kikuchi. I want <laughs> he should be a do not start, but he the way he's pitching right now, I simply can't do it. He's lowered his uh, walk percentage. His K percentage is still the, his K percentage is there. So touche Kikuchi at Boston at Pittsburgh. Jose Barrio, another guy that's been a staple in the take a seat category, looking pretty good these last two games at the Red Sox at Pittsburgh. And Tony Gonsolin, only concerned about his, um, how many pitches he's going to throw. He threw 65 first game out. I think he got 3.1 innings. So versus Philly at San Diego. Doc, I'm checking in. How are we doing? Yeah, I mean, I can't uh, I can't really argue with too many of those. I mean, I think Barrio has been uh, pretty good where he should be in the should start. Eh, actually, you know what? Pitt's been better. Uncle Ted um, says uh, Tony Gosling is a top two start. You know what? I would have Cal Quantrill and take a seat. He it just got, close. I don't he just have a got problem with that. against the Rockies. That leg bruise, two bad matchups. Let me see here. Do I have anything on here, Cal? And yeah, you spelled and both, all of these names right. And what, what'd you say? You said I said you spelled all of these names right. Did I? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But either way, Chris Hansen will be able to help me. Here he <laughs> is. The the take a seat to all you bad boys out there that shouldn't be where you are. It's time to take a seat. Starting with the Detroit Tiger, Mike Michael Lorenzen at the Met or versus the Mets at the Cardinals. Trevor Williams versus the Cubs at Arizona. Luke Weaver. At the Padres versus the White Sox, Ryan Feltner versus Milwaukee at the Mets. David, I know you got that. Uh, that I little, did. Little, yeah, I did. Uh, Josh Fleming versus Pittsburgh versus the Yanks. Ryan Yarbrough versus Baltimore uh, versus Oakland. Eric Lauer at Colorado at San Francisco. Kyle Wright at Miami versus Baltimore. Uh, Taiwan Walker at the Dodgers versus Boston. Sean Manaya, David, your boy. <laughs> yes, yeah, brutal. At Houston versus Milwaukee, you got to sit him. Steven Matz. I wouldn't – if there's one guy that might, you know, why not no. give it a shot here in the risky business? Maybe the Angels, definitely against Detroit, but it's, it's risky. Um, I'd rather sit them. Uh, Michael Kopak versus Minnesota at the Reds. And lastly, Corey Klubot, Kluber versus Toronto at Philly. Take a seat. Look, I, I'm, I'm one to hate Kyle Wright, and I'm rooting against Kyle Wright this year. 
Like, believe me. Take a seat, really? Yeah. He I'm looked good today before that rain delay. All right. Uh, there's controversy then. Let me see here. There's a reason why I do these things. Let's see how Mr. Kyle Wright's doing so far. We're going to hop over to his um, expected ERA of 6.40. I mean, that's music to my ears, but I'm just saying. Uh, he, oh, he currently has a 1.56 whip. He's Six. walking 11.9% of batters and only striking out 16%. Ah. Marty, I can read this like the back of my hand because I'm invested, but I'm just saying he looked good today. Six Ks in three innings. Wait, well, we shall see. That's it? Is, is he still pitching? Uh, it was a rain delay. Okay. Yeah. See, eh, eh. We shall yeah. see. That'll I be one that we'll have to keep, well, to keep track of, as well as we also keep track of Doc's streaming picks. And, Doc, you're going to go through your streamers. Oh, yeah. The doctor's office, baby. And you know what? Got to show the graphic first. It's been good luck for me. And, and looking at last week, I went 2-0 and with a 2.50 ERA, a 1.11 whip, 21 Ks in 18 innings. I got to mm. add it up for the season, but it's been looking pretty well. Starting first with Erod, owned in 30. What happened to the bottom part of his body? Uh, it blended in. <laughs> it, that, it, you know what? You know, in a divorce, when the when your wife gets half. Yeah, she got half of him. She, yeah, she got the lower half of his body. Makes that's, sense. Why, that's why he missed all of last year. Mm-hmm. Didn't have half his body. Owned in 31.8% of ESPN leagues. And owned 100% by his wife. <laughs> what did you say? And 100% owned by his wife. That's right. Last three games, 21 innings pitched, one earned run, one walk, and 19 Ks, including seven innings pitched, one hit, six Ks at Baltimore. Now he goes to a somewhat more favorable ballpark in Detroit. And as we talked about, the lowest walk percentage of his career at 4.3%. Previous low was seven. And what I alluded to earlier is he's throwing the cutter more, a .87 batting average. The expected batting average is 139. Last year, he uh, against the cutter was 240. So if you need to listen to any more reason why Eduardo Rodriguez go back to the beginning, Mr. Vince Velasquez is missing the second half of it, missing the bottom half of his body also. He's probably going through a divorce. Owned in 9.6% of ESPN League's last three starts. He's been on fire, 19 innings. Three earned a 23 to 7 K to walk ratio. The Nationals have five or less runs in seven out of their last eight games. And right now they do have the least amount of home runs at 11. So favorable matchup. And then going to the other side of the coin, Josiah Gray, who has the cheesiest smile in baseball. My boy. Josiah Gray has been has been doing well recently. Marty's been touting him. Our man, MLB moving average, John Legaza. Mm-hmm. Owned in 4.6% of ESPN leagues. He's gone five innings in at least all five starts, which means he can get you the win in those categories. He's been doing a great job of keeping the ball in the bar pa- ballpark. 1.3 home runs per nine is his lowest since single A ball in 2019. And he's been limiting hard contact. His average exit velocity down from 87.4 to 84.5 miles per hour. Now, I know the Pirates this weekend aren't the cakewalk that they used to be. But the five games he's pitched so far, he's faced the Braves, the Mets, the Angels, the Orioles, and at Colorado. So he hasn't had really any easy matchups so far, and he's voted and he's fared pretty well. Yeah, he's really decreased his fastball. It was the the fastball last year was the worst pitch in baseball, literally. 
And now he's throwing the slider. He's throwing the curveball almost all the time. So that's another reason why his EVs down is that they're not able to make that hard contact because he he's not the throwing the four seamer. He threw the fastball 40% of the time last year. And it's not like it's, it's in the necessary upper percentile of, uh, of speed. Right. Well, uh, we'll see if doc can continue his hot streak with his streamers. David, uh, I love that it's getting darker and darker <laughs> yeah. every time I look at you. Tony said Marty got an eight uh, with the Josiah Gray love. That's right, Tony. Shout out, Tony. You are the man. And uh, Brad, Brandon Fat is coming. He is on the way. He might be on next week's show. You never know. Um, Marty, we'll stay with you. Why don't we go through talk about Marty's party? And um, all right, let's. We're gonna quickly go through this party because I know some of us like football. Uh, so <laughs> we will start off with uh, Joey Gallo versus Kansas City. The KC's team ERA is five point two nine. Gallo's forty six percent rostered. He's batting two sixty two. He has seven home runs, fourteen RBI. He's playing every single day. And I think just this more chill atmosphere in Minnesota, you know, not the the New York media breathing down your neck. Gallo's kind of returned back to that uh, the Rangers Gallo. So I, I like him so far. Um, uh, Isaac Paredes versus the White Sox. So um, Chicago's team ERA is the second worst in baseball. Uh, just across the board, their starting pitching has been absolutely brutal. And we already know how hot the Rays are. So I like that three-game matchup. And then Nick Senzel. He's got he pulled me back in again, baby. A home run and a stolen base. Art, I see you shaking your head, and I respect that. Um, if I if I was a stronger man, I would walk away too, but I simply can't do it. Mm-hmm. This weekend, he's going against Oakland. Oakland's team ERA, 7.97. Yes, you heard me right. 7.97, a team run, run, run average. Absolutely brutal. Uh Senzel has five hits over his last eight at bats. Like I said, one of them's a home run, one of them's a steal. He's playing every day. This could be the Nick Senzel. We've been waiting three years. Let's see it. He's not going to my party, Nick Senzel. This one's not going to the party. You say uh only um only no two are coming today. So only one sitting out. Who's sitting out? Yeah, Nick Nick Senzel. This is the easiest one you've done. Okay, Doc. Yeah, Marty, Nick Senzel has vertigo and migraine, so all that loud music and strobe lights would really bother him, and that'd be insensitive of you. So that's why Senzel is not where, invited. Where, where are the loud noises and strobe lights going to be in Oakland? <laughs> yeah, there. No, no, your party is at your house in Detroit. Oh, I got you. Yeah, that's true. We yeah. are Detroit is known for their um, their rave scenes. So yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. I might send him in the cardiac arrest. Yeah, and, and, the, yeah. And, the, and the frustration when the bathroom doesn't work will make his headaches even worse. Or <laughs> 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 Art, what do you got, Cheesecake? Uh, I, you know, I, Senzel is. You got to keep an eye on him with how he's been hitting lately. But he's at Oakland, so I'm gonna. It's not as friendly as not as cozy as Cincinnati, so I'm gonna kick him out. Guys are all wrong. Nixon Zell is my day one boy. Joey Gallo, you're coming to the party. Isaac Paredes, you talk crap about Detroit. Get out of here, you're trash. Ah, that's where it comes back. Hey. The bias, he gets kicked out at the door. Oh, man. Uh, as always, good job with everybody's segments. We're going to close out tonight with, of course, Elsie talking about the people down at the farm or talking about uh, people that are down at the bullpen. I think tonight is going to be a bullpen talk. So, Elsie, take it away. Well, there's, you know, all the all the good farm people are coming up or getting sent from Major Leagues back down to the farm. But we could start talking about Taj Bradley and Jordan Walker if we want to talk about down on the farm now. It's crazy. Uh, with and Brandon Fott, one of the things I wanted to mention, any more time to give Chris Welsh, a t- you know, more time to talk him up, his price is going to go through the w- roof. Because 
Uh, I've never seen someone so in love with a pitching prospect as Chris Welsh with Brandon Fott lately. Um, but, uh, he, you know, he's coming up. Um, I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm as in on him as I am on Bybee, uh, but he's probably over uh, Mason Miller for me. But that's not for tonight. Tonight we're talking about closers. Tonight we're trying to figure out who to pick up if there's anyone to pick up. Um, in tonight's ball game, one person, tonight's games, a player who I said has the job, AJ Puck, was given the eighth inning and Dylan Floro the ninth. So, you know, Jet goes to show you Puck's not getting all the saves. Puck got, did not necessarily get the hardest part of the lineup either. He got uh, Albie, Albie's Grissom, and uh, I think um, Albie's and Grissom were, were were the first two hitters he faced. And I, I know he faced all righties. But Floro got the ninth. It just seems like every time uh, the, the Marlins look like they're going in a certain direction, they, they throw it up. We got Tanner Scott getting a save for them. We got Dylan Floro, who I really like as a closer, but didn't look like he was given the chance, going to be given the chance. He got the save tonight. So keep monitoring the Marlins. Do not give up on Puck. He's gotten two wins this week, I think. No saves, though. Um, Craig Kimbrell got the got the save tonight. Alvarado got a save last night. Kimbrell's obviously the handcuff to Alvarado because he's the one getting saves when Alvarado's not going back to back nights. But Alvarado's definitely cementing his that closer role. Carlos Estevez has been getting the saves for the Angels this week. I've been talking about that situation the last few weeks. Uh, Jose Quijada had a big blow up over the weekend. And I think they're going to like slow roll him getting back into high leverage situations if he gets back there at all. Uh, Estes has gotten two saves this week. And uh, so that that's another thing. I think he's now kind of settling into that role. Big name coming up from the minors, Jeremiah Estrada for the Cubs. Cubs, uh, clearly we talked about how many people dropped Fulmer um, over the weekend. Definitely worthwhile. Fulmer's getting lit up a little bit. Estrada's thought of as a good to good to relief pitching prospect and his his 1.1 inning show a stuff plus of 135 where 100 is average uh so he definitely has the stuff to be a closer they're not gonna they're they're not putting him right in that role though tonight uh tonight's save went to Brad Boxberger he's still the person to to target in the Cubs bullpen if he's still available but Estrada someone to keep an eye on you might want to pick him up and spec him because Boxberger has had some shaky moments as well this year. Um, Brian Abreu uh, got two saves over the weekend in Houston. Abreu and Presley's shaky. I think Abreu is a definite, definite pickup if he's available in your league because he's, he's going to be getting save opportunities. Presley got one this week. I got a save this week is only the second of the year. Abreu has two. So uh, Abreu got him two straight days too over last weekend. So it, it is, it's, it's an interesting situation down there in Houston with how many wins they get. There's enough saves to go around. Presley's not getting all of them, maybe 60, 65%, maybe less. And I think Abreu is the next best person to get. He's definitely someone to pick up. Um, other news, you know, the Dodgers is a good situation that I wanted to bring up. Um, the, uh, they have people were talking about, picking up Bruce Dog Gratterall this week, this past weekend. 
I'm not 100% sure if that's the right move for their closer situation. They still feel as though – I know at the beginning of the year they felt as though his his pitching to lefties needed some working work. So he would only be a part-time closer as long as that hasn't changed. And the one thing that hasn't changed in that bullpen is Evan Phillips is the best one, but he's the mm-hmm. high-leverage reliever. He's not going to be a full-time closer. In a saves and holds league, Phillips is your guy. He's the one you want to get because he's the best one. But um, but in 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 a saves league, you know his his value is way down because they use them all over. They use them in the in the highest leverage situations. Also, they're not winning as many games this year. That that has to be said. Um, another person who who has been talked about as being a bit shaky is Clay Holmes, although he's pitching fairly well. Uh, I do recall he's had some difficult uh, times last year, lost the job last season in that Yankees bullpen. Uh, one name I want to keep an eye on who's flashing really good stuff is a 32-year-old named Jimmy Cordero who has a 127 stuff plus and a 110 location plus, which are both really good. It's only in eight innings, but he's someone who I'm looking at, and they also have Michael King as the uh, – as the backup uh, closer there, I'd start looking. You might want to you might want to keep your eye on. Last year, um, when Chapman started fumbling, you started to see Holmes pick up a save here and a save there before they gave him the job. That seems to be Booney's way of going about it. He 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 he'll give person a few opportunities. If one of these pitchers, talking Marinaccio, King, Cordero, who I thought. Uh, could could has the stuff could have the stuff for it. If you see one of these guys pick up a save here and a save there, it's definitely worth a look because um, because Holmes has shown inconsistency and he might give give up that job. Uh, Oakland jury's familiar. Got a save this week. I'm not sure how valuable that is, but if you need saves, you're desperate. He's someone you want to pick up. Um, I also wanted to talk about someone who's a, a reliever who's been in the news this week, Yenier Cano got a, got a, got a save for Baltimore and he is a giant, just like Bautista. They, they look, they look like a, a, a WWF tag team when there's because they're both like six, five and huge, but um, he's more of a saves and holds type league kind of guy. Um, Cause Bautista not giving up that job. He's been pitching really well. Um, and as far as anything else, I don't, uh, yep. I, That's all the notes I have on bullpen for today. Hopefully it helps you guys. I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks a lot for that, Elsie. That's going to wrap us up here for this week. Thank you guys all for tuning in. Please make sure you guys like and subscribe to the show on YouTube. Make sure you guys give us five-star ratings and reviews on the podcast. That is very much appreciated. And, yeah, we'll be back next Thursday for another show. But until then, for a little cheesecake, for Marty Party, for Doc, I'm D. Mendy. We're going to make like a bread truck, and we're going to haul these buns. Talk to you guys next week.